With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So believe it or not, we're two hours and 15 minutes into episode 11, but we're only five seconds in, courtesy of our favorite uh, regular co-host, Craig Rive. And uh, also joining us today, uh, Brian Giant. It's been an interesting morning to say the least. And that being said, we are almost out of time. <laughs> so, so, uh, it's not even, it's not even funny. That's not, that's not even funny. I don't want to start the show like this. I'm already super irritated. Gio, you're, you're a trooper, man. I got to tell you, For me, I got to put up. I'm with on, this shit. I'm on ribs. Time. I got, I'm on ribs time. I got to put up with this shit. I don't have a choice. Okay. You have a choice. And you stuck through it, but that's all we'll say about that. We're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time with that. How are you guys doing? I'm doing I'm great. Doing shitty. <laughs> I'm so I'm so irritated right now. I I buy a microphone. I mean, I spend uh, way too much on it, and apparently, it's too uh, complicated for the computer that I just bought that was brand new. I mean, what is going on here? So. Uh, I had to go over to actually Gio's house today and see if it I could plug all the stuff into his computer to see if it all worked and no everyone's going to everyone's going to see that because you what you don't <laughs> what you don't realize what you don't realize and and Gio laughed because he didn't realize it until he actually focused on his computer again is that I was recording that whole fiasco that you actually had to physically drive over to Gio's house to test out your microphone. Well, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that you would do that. Then. Well, the the best part is when he stormed off, like after we figured out the problem, <laughs> he just packed his shit. And, and what, was I supposed to say goodbye? No, I'm just saying you left all in like all <laughs> flustered over it. What it just stormed of? out of the house. I'm like, <laughs> it is me and Peter just laughing. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I like talking hockey. I like talking life. I'm going to tell you this. I am not a uh, technician or these computers and microphones and cords and everything else. That's not my, uh, that's not my place. So, all right. Anyway, well, we figured it out. You're off the hook. Uh, we're ready to you're rock off the and hook. Roll. And, and we're proud of your efforts. Only a month late, but listen, we're there. Uh, before we get into hockey talk. So Sidney Crosby uh, launched someone into the boards last night. We'll talk, you know, should he be, you know, should there be any, supplemental discipline for that uh state of the buffalo sabers gentlemen uh, dylan cousins versus Connor mcdavid and who would have thought that cousins would have come out on top so soon in his career and we'll talk about that and some other things going on around the league but i got to bring something up with you guys and i kind of mentioned it to to you a couple weeks ago it, so it's it's kind of had time to breathe a little bit but i was at chipotle and I'm going to, I tweeted out the picture. So I'll, you know, like everyone can see it, but so I'm at Chipotle and I need to, I need a, a life scenario from you guys. So I'm standing in line. I walk in and normally it's pretty busy. There's one person in front of me. 
hasn't ordered yet because the person in front of them is just wrapping up, throwing on their lettuce, which is at the end, and then uh, moving on. So the next person orders, okay? It's one person in line. They, they don't, you know, they don't look back and see that it's just little old me lonely standing there. And so it's you're, just the only, one, you're the only one in the place? I'm the only person in line next or behind this person. So everyone else is eating. Like, so there's no one behind me. He orders nine, not eight, because there's only eight in the picture. And I swear that one of those bowls is already been put, sealed and put into a bag. Nine. What do they call them? Bowls? Lettuce bowls, rice bowls, bowls, I, I think chicken bowls. bowls yeah. The bowl. Just the bowl. You're the only guy in line. I'm the only guy behind him. And he orders nine. Like the nine burrito or nine bowls. I and I order one burrito. Okay. So like the guy gets through rice, beans, what kind of protein? <laughs> Slides nine down. Now I'm standing there. So now I'm thinking to myself, I'm gonna get the burrito. They're gonna put they're gonna prep the burrito, throw the rice and chicken on there that I want. And half the time Chipotle never has those uh, sauteed veggies ready to go. They're always out. But so, and I'm like, they're going to push mine to the front of the order, right? Because there's nine bowls there. Nine bowls later, my cold burrito. <laughs> my I think this cold... is on you, man. I think that's on you. Why can't you just step up and say, uh, hey, uh, Bubs, I'm ordering one. You're not if serious. I... Are you, what do you mean am I not serious? You're you're sitting in line. There's one person one other... in front of me, and I'm gonna I'm sitting and there. You, you think, think I nine? assume that one person's gonna order nine bowls? Like that's a that's a call-in order. I know, but when he ordered the nine bowls, can you basically tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, Bob's, uh, you know, can I can I order my one well, before you go?" I wasn't focusing on his order until like they started unstacking all these bowls. I was on. I was looking and texting looking at Twitter. I don't know what I was doing, but I was standing there and the nine bowls came up. I'm not going to ask to go in front of them. I'm sitting there in, in complete disbelief that this person wouldn't turn around and say, Hey, I'm ordering nine bowls. Are you ordering 10? Cause if you're ordering 10, I'm going ahead of you. But since you're ordering only having one or two burritos, I had one burrito. I think that's, that's just common courtesy. Like, you know, you had a huge order. You know, you got one person behind you. I think that's on him to turn around and say, listen, what are you getting? You can go ahead of me. I'm, I got a big, big order. Go ahead. Hey, you even do if that I, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. If I'm like, getting four, four, five, go grocery ahead. Grocery store. Uh, yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Gio. Everywhere. You do it everywhere. That's what or a courteous person does it everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot I of jackwads in this world. And sometimes you just need <laughs> to say when the guy orders nine bloody bowls, you sit there and say, hey, buds. I'm going to order one. You mind if I jump in front of you? Like, come on. Yeah. So but where does it, where th is this taught? It, 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 in Chipotle, think, play the scene out, right? So the guys just starts rattling off orders. They pull, they start pulling bowls. Petey, by the time he realizes it's not two, it's not three, it's not six, it's nine. It's nine his bowls. bowls are already done. So at that point, there's nothing oh. doing. Where, where Petey could have been, like, is to the worker at Chipotle, like, all right, fast forward mine, past his order, and jump. You know what I mean? Like, once your burrito got started, guess, you, could have, you could have skipped it, asked them yeah. to skip it. But I guess oh, the guy disappeared on me. Yeah, they just run it down. They just throw the he bowl down, and the next me. person takes it. Hmm. That's a, a to-go order. 
Yeah. I think it kind of comes down to the, uh, the mood you're in. You're I think not in a rush you, and yeah, you, you know, you're having a, you're having a sweet day. I think you're just like, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's it's don't sweat the small stuff, but the goddamn mood I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be YouTube worthy. I am not sitting there right now. I'll tell you that right now. Not only am I going to sit there and say, no, buddy, can I, yeah. can I order my one bowl? I, you know, I'm not, this is, listen, Craig, this isn't about mood. This comes down to one thing. I'll mood. wrap it up. But this, this, is, this, this is not mood. This is about common sense. This is about, like, this is etiquette. This is, this is what kids don't learn in school these days. Like, do you think I'm really concerned about my kids? You know, he spelled bounce with an S instead of a C, right? Like the other day on his test. No, you know what I care about is the fact that he held the door for an old lady walking into Dick's the other day. All right. Like, good for you. Yeah. Well, and it's very listen, another yeah. pet yeah. peeve. Like to, another so, pet peeve like, is when you hold the door, if no one says thank you, it uh, drives me absolutely bonkers. I'm nothing, like, yeah, you're welcome. I just held it for that? 10 people. Yes, absolutely. Oh, good for you. I do too. I do too. And it embarrasses people that I'm with. And I'm just like, no, you're welcome. No, you're welcome. <laughs> you're, yo, you're welcome. And I stand over them and I impose myself on them. You guys like, are I, so angry. Well, no, no, this would be, this would be, this would be ribs. I would hold the door on a day like today for ribs and ribs would just bury his head <laughs> angry and just run through and not say a word to anyone because of the mood he's in. Because that's just expected, right? Craig, people yeah. hold the door for people. You don't say thank you. It's just expected. I don't like your attitude today. And it actually, you know, it's funny. It, here's the, here's the best part about it is you're ruining our days, but yet your attitude and mood all stems from you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is your screen frozen? No, it's not frozen, <laughs> but I'm going to be a bigger man. I'm going to zen things. Everything's good. Anyway. Everything's great. This whole Chipotle thing or Chipotle, I still don't know how to pronounce it. It just pissed me off that day. Yeah, and I wrong. just thought, you know what? If that were my son, I'd be saying, you know what? Have a little, have a little courtesy. That's it. Have a little courtesy. I think I basically it comes down to this. We as parents, and that's our demographic, we got to do a better job, get our heads out of our asses and teach our kids etiquette and manners and common sense should be a subject in school. Okay. That should be a subject in school. Simple as that. So I'll get off my soapbox. I'm sorry for that. Common sense, gentlemen, anything to add on that? No, because I agree with I agree with everything you're saying. I, I love your analogy of you know, you know, is it really a big deal that my son spells bounce with a with an S instead of a C? You know, like, I mean, it, it, it it's it's true. I mean, it's it's about life skills are so important, and you know what? These life skills that I think we, you and I have to go back and look at our grandparents. My parents, obviously, I think, I think did a great job in, in, in teaching me life, life skills. But coming from, you know, my grandparents, that's when the generation was, it was um, essential to, to do the little things, to, oh. to care about others. And, and, you know, you talk about holding a door or, or anything, opening a car door for, for, your, for your wife or, you know, anybody. It, those little things I think are going through the, 
by the wayside right now. Chivalry. In, in this next generation. So it's, uh, it's a little disappointing. But you know what? All you can do, all you can do is worry about your family and your kids and, and how you're going to bring them up and, and teach them the things that you were taught from your parents. So And, no. and mutter your welcome under your breath as someone walks by you. No, I, and I disagree with you. I'm going to worry about everybody's families and their kids, Craig. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission, a manners mission. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this last thing. I told you this story a long time ago. I held at my kids' soccer, indoor soccer practice one day, I held the net up because they have to exit off the field under a net. Five kids. Five kids. Like I bent over they, like, and pulled the net up for them. Okay. And I'm holding the net. And you know why I'm, you know why I did it? I did it for the to see is a test. See which one said thank you. One goes by, two, three, four, five. None of them. I dropped the net. They all partner up with their parents and they're walking out. And I said, not one thank you. Five kids, not one thank you. And the parents' butt cheeks were just tight. They're like, oh, my God. And I, you know why? Because it's a direct reflection of them. And I'm not even afraid to say that. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, Sidney Crosby threw someone in the boards last night. Do you guys feel like before we get into state of the Sabres, like that should be looked at by the league? Dangerous play. Dangerous play. Pat Coletta does that. Andrew Peters does that. Ryan Reeves, who's another rat in the league right now. Hurry. Off the top of our head. Anyone. Dirty. Gudis. Radko Gudis. PK Subban. We haven't, heard any, we haven't heard anything from Rocco Gudis in, in a while. Yeah, he's been good. Oh, okay, bad example. Two-years-old expired example. And point is, should there be any kind of discipline on this play? He was clearly frustrated. Unfortunately, the, it comes down – a lot of times it comes down to injury. It comes down to the injury – or lack of injury comes into play when player safety is dealing with stuff like this. So he throws them, nothing happens. The guy bounces up. There's nothing uh, between that and a double standard of who's who in the league. That's why I don't think there will be any, there won't what be a fine. The there won't who be a suspension. I don't know who was on, but he just, he just, I'll look at he, it. I think it makes a difference in uh, this game nowadays and how they serve up their, their discipline. Do you think if someone did that to Sidney Crosby, there'd be discipline yes. right away? Absolutely. No question about it. Okay. Protect the so. stars. Protect the stars. Do you agree with it? Do you agree with that double standard? Do you think it should be straight across the board, no matter who it happens to? I think it gets dangerous if, it, uh, if, you, if you're just going to be trying to protect certain players. I think yeah. that it has to be across the board. And I think for the most part, for, for you know, a long time, they've, they've – um, they've been pretty consistent in, in, in how they've done things, but um, you know, Sid, the kid, I mean, it's uh, what was this? His first, first game back. Yeah. Uh, Who did he do that to? Was that Tom Wilson? Who's 42 on the, on the capitals. I, I, I don't, I don't know that. Oh, I'm looking at it right here. Hold on a sec. I got it right 42 here. 42 is Wilson, but I don't think it's. Is he 42 or 43? Yes. 43 no. is Wilson. 43 is uh Fair, very fair, very. That's Never probably what Martin fair, very fair, very. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> anyway, so 
That's who it was. That's why there's no penalty. Would we agree on it? Rev, have you seen that? You've seen the play? Yes, I just saw it right now. And what'd you think? I think it's a penalty. Did he get a penalty? No. No. That's a penalty. No question about it. Is it Other dirty? Not, is it uh, dirty? Is it dirty? Um, we see Crosby doing that every night. Uh, is it dirty? It is. It is dirty, but it is not dangerous or or anything. It's not da- what do you What do you mean? It's not dangerous. Are you sick? Crosby's one of the strongest players in the NHL. He's a fire hydrant, man. The guy's super strong. I know you saw your look, Gio. Yeah, I, I, I don't, he, I don't know, okay. top of the league, but I, I agree, he's super. He's super strong. Yeah. He's super strong for guys his size. Then he's probably the strongest in the league. Okay, like he is as strong as a guy my size. Okay, he can be. He th- launches that guy into the boards. How is that not? What are you talking about? That's not dirty. That's not. That's not a. That's not a. A risky play. No. I think uh, I think it's a, it's it's a he he's okay. frustrated the 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 Penguins were down five one at the time and oh, obviously a, things not okay. going well. I'm just saying it is a penalty. It so is the emotional state of a penalty. player, two minute penalty. That's what it should have been. No suspension, nothing. Okay, I'm not. Suge- I'm just saying it's dangerous as hell. That play can end up a lot worse than I think uh, people are just dangerous. Yeah, it's very it's dangerous because it's on the bo- it's near the boards. If that's open ice, that's not dangerous. Well, let's all right. Moving on, let's talk about some stuff then that uh, we have not talked much about, and that's the Buffalo Sabers. State of the Sabers. I have no explanation for what we're seeing here, gentlemen. I mean, what Cousins versus McDavid the other night? I guess. Donnie Granado sits down with Dylan Cousins and says, are you ready to play against Connor McDavid? And he goes out, he scores two goals. Sabres win. Team's looking good. They could have won that game against the Leafs. I mean, what's going on with this squad? Well, I think they are what they are. I I think they're a a young team with a lot of energy and the – Playing, playing the coach's system and playing the right way, and so they're going to be in games. They're, they're going to give themselves a chance to win. Now, you look at what happens on the road, it's a much different, different thing because of matchups and whatnot, and that's where they get exposed. But I think you're starting to see what you're going to see. You're going to see a team that uh, plays extremely hard, plays the right way, plays for each other, wants to be there, and they're limited by certain things, uh, being young, inexperienced at times. But – I think you you've seen over and over again over the last what fourteen fifteen games yep, 14. Uh, what they're what they're going to be. Yeah, I think they're I think they're. You know, you're seeing some really good things from some uh, a number of players on the team. I'll tell you right now that uh, that Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, and Rasmus Aspen line is uh, really playing well. They're clicking. Um, Jeff Skinner, as much as he'll never. Um, he'll he'll never justify his contract ever. He's playing well, and he and he looks like he is energized, and he is making plays, and he is winning battles. And 
Um, Tage Thompson really seems like he's playing well. And I'm going to tell you, Rasmus Asplund cannot be overlooked. This young man is a workhorse. He is up and down. He is winning battles in the corners. He is back-checking hard. He does all the, uh, the grunt work um, for that line. And you're seeing some good things. you got to remember, two of the top players are not playing. Casey Middlestat um, and, uh, and uh, Victor Olsen. These are two big pieces to that, that future, that puzzle that you want to continue to, uh, to, work, uh, to work with. But um, there's been some really, there's been some nice things. I, I, I'm going to tell you that Tage Thompson line looks fantastic right now. And it was really nice because I think that, uh, you know, I think Dylan Cousins has felt for 13 games that he's kind of uh, moving in quicksand because he's working and he's trying but just hadn't been able to, you know, get that feel-good game. Well, that game uh, against the Oilers was a feel-good game. He, he had a huge matchup against two of the very best players in the National Hockey League with uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid. Yeah, I, I honestly thought the Oilers – I thought there was a chance the Oilers could have put up eight on the Sabres the other night. So I was, I was rather shocked and surprised and impressed that the game ended the way it did. Uh, you know, obviously a close one against the Leafs. Um, which is, you know, not something you want to hang your hat on as a, as a, as a good team, but I guess as a young team, maybe you can find some of those uh, moral victories in a game like that. But overall, like overall with this team, what is me personally? I mean, I think, I think this is not a shot at Jack. I just think now that the Jack saga is over and that's away from the team, I think is a different minded group. And I think it has been since the start, but but from the standpoint of skill and style of play and coaching, where is this team different from, from past years that might show more optimism for their fan base? Well, I, I'll touch on it first, Riz, but I think a few things. You touched on it a little bit. There's been some change. Uh, Kev's talked about it. Uh, Kevin Adams has talked about uh, wanting to surround and get guys in the room that want to be there, that want to be a saver, that want to be a part of the solution. So you have that. And I think what you also have is they had an extremely hot start. They go on that road trip, have a, a not a great road trip. And so now it's about looking what happens after that. What was the response? Did they fold and just kind of shell up and go into a corner and, and continue to play the way they did and, and sulk about the road trip? But they didn't. They came back against a couple extremely talented teams and – pulled out a win and also was in that uh, leaf game. So I, I, for me, it's, it's about the response uh, in years past uh, that team would have just gone into shell and just folded from that tough road trip and let that spiral out of control. But I, I think uh, their response after that is, is says a lot about what this group has and they have limitations, but I think for the fan base, you got a 500 club right now, 14 games in, uh, approaching Thanksgiving and, and 20 games in, you know what you have now. You know what type of team you're going to have. And this fan base wants a team that's just going to compete. They're, they want a team that's going to show up every night and work hard and lay it out there. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but it means they're going to be out there giving it everything they had and just going to work and not worrying about what happens, uh, not worrying about any interior exterior influences coming into play. I think they just want to play hockey and want to be a part of the solution. And I think that starts at the top with 
whether it's Kev or with uh, Granado setting a tone within that room? I think a lot of them are happy where they don't have to talk about Jack anymore. They don't have to talk about Sam Reinhardt and Rasmus Ristolainen and all the players that they do not have. That group right now is focused only on what's in that dressing room. And as much as when I look at the team, so when you, when you take this team and you look at them on paper, paper, they're a top, they're a top five lowest team in the league. I mean, they're not desirable to top five to the lowest team in the league. So, so they're like one of the bottom five teams in the league. Is that yeah, what that, that's it. Okay. So I just shit, man. You, I, I, I'm like, you got what I was saying. They're, they're one of the lowest teams in the league. When you look at them just directly on paper, what they have in their lineup is it, it's tough. I mean, you got to realize that, you know, one of their top players in Casey Middlestad, who is, who's still an extremely young player, has been out since, day, since game one. They miss him. They miss Casey Middlestad and his skill set and what he can provide, I think, at his age moving forward. You know, they have not played with, uh, without um, uh, Victor Olison for, for quite some time now. He is, he's a game changer. He's a goal scorer. He's a power play specialist. They miss him in this lineup. And they, they still continue to push forward. And, and it's through Don Granato um, and, and his coaching staff and what they're trying to teach this young team, the structure in which they want to play. They have structure. But Don Granato is not, he, he's talked a lot about not smothering these guys and just going into a defensive shell. He's allowing these, this team to go out and provide offense and, and, and not run and gun, but understand when to go and when not to. And I think they've done a really nice job. It's, it's certainly a team, they're going to they're gonna lose a lot of games this year. They're going to lose games this year, okay, because they're just not skilled enough. They don't have and experienced enough and experienced and experienced. Yeah. They don't have, you know, when you maybe when you, even you, more so in maybe they, I think maybe we're at a point now with this team where maybe they lack experience versus skill. Now, granted, Craig, I know what you're going to jump down my throat about. You're going to say, well, they don't have a Jack Eichel type player, but guess who they don't have. The, you know, what's amazing too, by the way, as my mind just goes a million different ways. Sabres just made a, a, a massive deal with, Vegas and no players in the in deal have played in the NHL yet. Yeah. Hey, it's crazy. Uh, on so, that note, so Jack had his next surgery too. But going back to what you're saying is, is it is it are they getting to the point now where maybe it's just inexperience versus, or as opposed to as as it is skill? I, I definitely think so. I mean, if you, the road is extremely hard to play because you don't have the matchups you want. Right. And you don't, uh, you get put in positions that are not favorable for certain guys that don't have that experience or aren't used to a sold out building in Seattle or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the, the stats, there is 10 plus guys at a 0.5, at least minimum 0.5 points a game, right? Like it's extremely spread out. You got guys, 10 guys with six, seven points plus in the lineup and your most has 10, there's not much spread between 10 and seven. So it's the offense is spread out. You're no longer top heavy where you, you have Jack that has 20 points and Sam that's got 15. And then from there, you got guys that have two and three points. Yeah. It's up and player, down the line. Player number one. They're just is, playing. 
Rasmus Asplin with 10 points and player number 10 has six points and that's Gergensen. Yep. So it's spread out and that's a good thing. Well, I feel uh, the other thing I was going to say that, that popped into my mind too was, you know, this group, this group just seems like, and I don't know, you know, where we've talked about this. If it was just off the air, cause I don't feel like we've talked about it in any of our episodes, but to me, it just feels like without the three players that are no, that are no longer here. So you have Risto gone eight years of he's a great guy. We know that, but eight years of building the like, negativity just seeps into your veins. Like it's hard. Then you have Jack, who we all know is very negative toward the circumstances and situation here. And Sam Reinhardt, who clearly was at his wits end with the media too, with his time here. Um, I just think the absence of those three players in the locker room from the standpoint of weight that they carry when it comes to emotion and things like that, but also the ice time and the puck time and the power play time and all the time that they gobble up um, throughout a game. And now, I mean, yes, the scoring spread out, but doesn't it just go hand in hand with the ice time being shared more? Like it just always seemed like those three guys were always getting a bulk of the load. You know, I, I just look at this team and it, it's, I think I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased with what I've seen so far. And I know they're, they're definitely like middle to lower of the pack in the National Hockey League. But I just continue to go back in my mind and say, we have a player right now in the minors. His name's Jack Quinn. And he is third in scoring in the American Hockey League tied for first in goals he has 16 points in 11 games nine goals that to me this is a kid that we drafted eighth overall is he ready for the nhl could he play in the nhl right now absolutely he could when you say when you say we though like do you you are you gm or something i'm a i'm a a fan i'm a fan (laughs) of the buffalo sabers just making sure see that jersey behind me there Petey? You see it, which, don't you? Which one of the well, four? Well, I played for that team, and all those teams behind me, I say we, okay? And I'm, I'm sure Gio, when he talks about uh, the team that he won a Stanley Cup with, okay, that Jersey no, he Devils, he, he says doesn't, we. He doesn't call them we. <laughs> he does not call them we. He absolutely does, because he was a part of that organization, and I was a part of all these organizations, and I say we when I talk about any one of those teams. You've heard me talk about the Montreal Canadiens, and you, and you bust my, my stones on that when I say we, because I was a part of that team, and that's why I say it. So when I talk about the Sabres and I talk we, I'm a fan of them. I'm a fan okay. of the team. Right. I want to see Under, the team understood, do well. Understood we. Carry on. Jack Quinn. Well, just – I, I look at our current team and what we have and, 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 and the strides that these players are making. But I also think of what the future holds and what Kevin Adams has done. He's tore this thing down to the studs. Okay. And now we're building this thing. We, Kevin and I are building this thing <laughs> moving forward and guys like Jack Quinn and the minors who's 20 years old is third in the american hockey league in scoring he has a nine goals in 11 games he's tied for first in the american hockey league i look at j uh jj paterka he's got 13 points he's a 19 year old kid he has 13 points in 11 games 
this is a really, really good sign. You have Matias Samuelson that just got sent down a little while ago. He has five points in five games. He's a six foot five, 230 pound man child that is developing and playing tons and tons of minutes. I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of good. And, 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 and again, I go back to the Sabres. I love what I see, but then all of a sudden I take my, my 13 year old son to a, to a tournament in Detroit. Okay. And some of my parents went to that game and they came back that night after Michigan played Michigan state and they're shaking their head going, Owen power is an absolute man child. He dominated. He dominated how he defends, how physical he is, how he moves the puck, how he skates. He is an incredible player moving forward. That's Devin Levi. Remember Devin Levi? Mm-hmm. We we got him in in the in the trade for for Sam Reinhardt, and everyone's like, "Well, who is this kid?" Well, right now he is tearing apart Division One hockey as a goaltender in his very first year. He is unbelievable playing for Northeastern. All of these things, to me is what puts a smile on my face. The players that are playing now continue to develop, but no, we're not, we're not there where we need to be, but know that everybody else is developing in their other, other spots, and this team will form together a lot quicker than what you think. What I like to see, you talk about Paterka there, it's a mentality, right? So he had a great camp could have made the team, should have made the team, whatever you want to call it, right? Like he had a camp that he earned a spot on the team. He gets sent down, young kid, development, whatever you want to do, right call, right. But flip it onto his side. He comes in and does everything he can to make the roster, make the team. Disappointment, right? Like every time you get sent down, there's going to be disappointment. But he, he's at 13 points in, in 11 games. He didn't yeah. go down and sulk. He's down there just playing his game and waiting his his time. So I I like guys with that type of mentality that don't they get sent down, their agent isn't calling the GM, they're they just go out and handle it, right? Like I didn't. You get sent down from your first camp, you go down and you play. You play until you get a call up. Till that How coach calls you, you into that? his office and says you're going up. You got called up. How often did you see that when you're in the minors? Yeah. Not, I, not, it, it, not, I saw it a lot in Montreal. We had, we had guys that got called up and they, the guys that got called up should have been playing in the NHL. Yeah. Should have, they yeah, were yeah, good yeah. enough, but then they got sent back down and you would, you cannot believe as a very young player, when I was 20 years old, I got to witness and watch the different personalities yeah. and how they, how they dealt with adversity, how they dealt with, you know, they should be playing for the Montreal Canadiens, but they got sent down. Yeah. And how did they deal with that? And I got to witness all of it. And it was incredible to watch because it's something that I learned. And I never told anybody, never told the guys sitting beside me, yeah. but I watched the difference, how some guys pouted. They wouldn't go to the training room. They wouldn't ride the bike after practice. Soon as practice was done, they were so pissed off that they got off the ice you know, like I'm going to show the yep. coach that I'm pissed yeah, yeah. off. Well, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. And, was- and, the, and the mentality of walking around the room, right? Like I'm too good for the guys that are here in yep. Albany or whatever it may be. Like it's, I should be up. 
I shouldn't be down here with this, these guys. Like, yeah, but sometimes that's acceptable, though. I mean, come on, sometimes. Maybe not in this particular case, but sometimes it's got to be. You can, be you, can, you can show that you're not happy, but you yeah. don't change your daily habits. You don't change the type of teammate you are because it's not those guys. It's not the guys in that room, in, in, in this case, Rocks, or in, in, I don't know, where Montreal's uh, farm team was at the time, Ribs. But, like, it's, it's not those guys that are in the room. It's not their fault that you disagree with their decision. Go okay, down, I'll, work I'll, hard, I'll, and handle it. I'll add, you guys have talked about a lot. You've talked Paterka. You've talked Owen Power. You've talked Jack Quinn with things that are going on while with the Sabres and the Miners, and we've talked about the big club too. Um, but I'd like you to dissect Darlene's game a little bit, Riv, for everybody before we get out of here. But uh, the one thing I'll say about if you look at their cap friendly, their salary cap space, and then on top of it, they have four first-round picks, the Sabres, that is, in the next two years, three next year, and four second-round picks. So one this year coming up in the draft and then three the next year. So they're stockpiling picks in the process here while developing this team on the go. And speaking of developing, how is Darlene's development bid river? Cause uh, I mean, you just go on, on the uh, social media scouting form there called Twitter and everyone will tell you that he is complete and utter dog shit. Uh, but he gets, he's been walked a few times, but how's his game look to you? You're, you're my, you're my fallback for defensive analysis around here. Um, he, he, he certainly shows signs of, of uh, maturity and, and moving in the right direction. And, you know, listen, I mean, he is still very young and it takes time. It really does take time. And I know people are rolling their eyes and they, and they don't like to hear this, but the reality is defensemen take longer. And some, some pop right away. You know, you look at a Kale McCarr um, who has done so exceptionally well. He walked into, you know, to the avalanche and he's produced right away. But he also came on to a very strong team with a tremendous amount of firepower. And, you know, they were more established. Rasmus Dahlin's been in a tougher situation. He's been on a team in his first three years, and this being his fourth, that they're, they're trying to find their way. They're trying to find that transition. He is a big part of this team. He is a big part of the future. He is going to make mistakes. He is going to be in a situation where he's going to make mistakes, and the players that he's playing with are not going to be able to back him up because they just maybe not at the level yet. Um, but to make a long story short, I, I see some good and I see some bad. There's things that he is continuing to improve on. Um, they are putting him in uh, situations where he's playing against the top players on the other, on the other teams. He's learning as he goes that he is, he is an open book. He's learning from, from his mistakes and he needs to get better in certain areas, but there's a lot of areas that he does exceptionally well too. Do you, do you Ribs, as a D-man, or, or, or any player for that matter, do you put stock in when you're looking at a stat line, right, and you're looking at penalty minutes? So I'm looking at the stats. He's the most penalized player uh, on the team. All of those minors. Does that – do you look at that, that he's got more development to be had, that the game at times he's chasing it? you know, like that he's having to chase the game and take penalties 
and I, I have no idea what his penalties are. I'm just looking straight stat line, and he's got 12 minutes, six minors, and 14 games. So do you look at that as a D-man when you're analyzing your own game? All right, I, I'm, I'm chasing the game here. I'm taking too many minors. I would do that as a, as a forward, right? Like I'm, I'm uh, and the penalties are, are different, right? Like a, a roughing penalty as opposed to a stick penalty, tripping, hooking, things like that do come into play. I'm just curious, right? Like his, his plus minus is good. It's at zero, you know, uh, fairly good for a guy that's your power play guy that well, didn't he he's going to get some points on this power. Year? Yeah. You know, he's going to get points on the power play. So yeah, that's not going to help his plus minus. So you got some good things in there that he's, uh, even, and then you, he's the most penalized player on the team. Do you put any stock in that? He's all Steve. I don't know if you guys see the same thing, but he's got some feisty to him. He is not afraid to clear that net or, or if someone's trying to take advantage of him, he is not taking anything. And that's good to see. Um, I wish there was a defenseman that they could stick with him that, uh, you know, could – could solidify him a little bit more. I think the players that he's been playing with right now are basically band-aids and they're just trying to, uh, they're trying to, you know, trying to solidify things on that pair. But I just don't, the player that is best suited for him right now has been hurt. You know, we haven't talked about Henry Yoki Haru all year. We haven't talked about Casey Middlestat all year. Those are two very important pieces of this young team moving forward. You know, Henny Yoki Haru has played, you know, not, not a lot in the National Hockey League, but he certainly had a really, really um, great ending to the season, just like his partner Rasmus Dahlin did. And they seem to understand each other very well that, you know, Henry Yoki Haru, is is a guy that can add offense but he's not an offensive guy. He is he's a he's a great skater. He skates very well. He moves the puck well. He plays with his in his limitations and I think he's kind of like a calming influence for for a player like Rasmus Dahlin and I think Dahlin misses him. And and he he's on his offside when he's not not with the Yogi Hari. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I, I don't know what kind of stock you put into that as a D as a forward. It does change some things. You're on your off wing, you benefit some ways and you, you get hurt other ways. Um, so I'm sure, I mean, a lot of D touch on it, that there's an adjustment period to play on the other side. Could this team make the playoffs though? This is the last question I'll ask you guys before I tell you something quickly before we get out of here, but I could, they're six, six and two. Okay. There are 14 points, 17 points is Jersey uh, in the wild card, but behind them is Pitt, Islanders, Montreal. I mean, who knows if they can figure that out there, Ottawa. But, I mean, look at uh, – I, I, like, is Detroit for real? Like, what is going on in this division right now? It just seems so weird. Like, there are teams just in spots I didn't think that you'd see them, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way, but like, can this team make the playoffs? Or is reality going to set in at some point? I think just the grind of the season, you get into more games, you're on the road, and you, you, you start to hit the peaks and, and valleys of, of the player's development. You're gonna, it's going to be up and down. It's not going to be this throughout. So I don't, I don't know that they're a playoff team. Um, I'm surprised by the Islanders. Pitt, not really surprised. 
here's what the Sabres have coming up in the next five games. So we'll circle back to this. This is their five-game segment. Ready, Riff? Pitt tomorrow in Pitt. Home to Calgary on Thursday. In rain, at the Rangers on Sunday afternoon, early evening. They have Columbus home on Monday. Wednesday, Boston. And that's your five. I mean, they could win four of those games. They could win three of them. Or they could lose them all. You know, Pitt, Pitt uh, has not performed up to capabilities, but they also have not had their two top centers in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, who are staples in that lineup. They, they drive the engine. Um, they have not had those guys. Um, you know, you have Calgary that actually has played quite well this year. They seem to, they seem to be uh, putting, some, putting things together. Um, who else did you say? Columbus? Rangers, Columbus. Columbus is very much in the same situation as as uh, you know Buffalo. They're they're you know the Rangers have I think have played quite well this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're 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 fourth. You know they're you know I don't I don't think for me right now. I I said this at the very beginning of the season that this team is going to struggle. There, it's going to struggle at times. Um, and you just hope that struggle doesn't go for long patches like it has in the past. Um, they just do not have the horses to be a competitive playoff team yet. But like I said to you before, when you have a Casey Middlestat and you have, you know, your Victor Olsen and you have Jack Quinn and Paterka and Samuelson and Powers and, you know, Ukapeka Lukanen, you know, there, there is going to be a lot that is going to move forward in, in a really positive way. It just, it's not, we have to be patient. You cannot, you cannot ask and say, hey, we missed the playoffs for 10 years. I want to make them next year. No, you have to allow the process to happen. And guess what? I, I'm the first one to say it didn't happen. It didn't happen right the first time. Sabres completely you know, screwed up their, 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 um, their rebuild and they're starting over. And that start over is starting this season. Well, and I think that's why the fan base is so impatient is because it's been 10 years. If this, if this was the team year three or so, then you're, you're like, yeah, we're making progress. We're 500. We're going to be – I don't think they're a playoff team. I mean, I think you look at their, their division, the only surprise is Detroit and Montreal, right? Like you flip-flop those, but Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Florida. Yeah. It's extremely hard to get into that top three. And now you, you go wild card and you yeah. got some other heavy hitters in the other division. Yeah, you know, it's just, it, they're just not there yet. But I think the desperation is because it's been 10 years. I think this, like you said, Rivs, is the start of what the rebuild should have been. And yeah. it's hard to be patient with it, Enjoy, but that's what it is. I think, I think the, the, the focus for, for Buffalo fans this year and, and, and people like myself who watch the games and enjoy watching the Sabres. And I want them to be competitive more than anybody. I want to see, you know, that, that team that, that I used to play against, you know, I want to be, I want to be, I want to see that team that when I was on the team, we were one of the, the better teams. We won a division title, but I want to see this team do well, but I also understand that Kevin Adams the Buffalo Sabres and his management group 
is doing things right. And it's going to take a little bit of time. And I know that the Sabres fans have heard that for years and they're just so fed up. They're like, this is horse shit. I don't want to hear another word of, you know, be patient. Guess what? I mean, if you're, if you're a true fan and you understand what, what's in front of you and what's happening in other leagues, the Owen powers and the, and, and all these guys that are going to be coming and funneled into the lineup at the right time, this team is going to be very competitive in years to come. I said to Greg Wyshynski, he did an article on the Sabres. Uh, he's from ESPN. He, he, I said two things. You guys can tell me if I was right. I said three years. Three years, this team will be ready to, to be in the playoffs. And then I said three years, you mean this year, next year. And then that third year is when we're going to start to be competitive. I don't know. Competitive uh, playoff bound playoff bound. Yeah, I could. That's, that's what I would think. Okay. That's what I would And secondly, I said, if they, he said, how are, how's the fan base after the Jack trade? I said, I said, if you were to, if you were to bring every fan from Western New York to a parade for Jack out of town, I said, half would be holding up their jerseys. And half would be giving him the bird. I don't disagree. I think that's. I, I think your. I think your analysis is right there. So I threw that one out there on Twitter, I and think some people, people said like sixty forty bird. Some people. Some people said sixty forty jerseys. Some people I, said both. I think the people, a, a lot of people out there, and I feel the same way. This is just my opinion. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I look at Jack Eichel, and and I'm I'm extremely irritated and upset with how bad the Sabres screwed that up. This is, this is Jack Eichel is frustrated after six years of being one of the worst teams in the league. I don't blame him. I'm going to tell you right now, you play this game and it's a very short career and it goes by with a snap of the finger. And I'm going to tell you, I don't blame Jack Eichel for being pissed off and wanting a new start, just something fresh, a new start. We, I say we, the Sabres screwed that up. They screwed it up since day one with the players that they, they surrounded Jack Eichel with. It was not a good situation. They did not do a good rebuild, and they screwed it up. So I don't blame Jack. I wish him all the best in, in Vegas. I hope he does well. Um, that being said, I'm happy that he's gone. I'm happy that that heavy, dark-weighted cloud is out and we can start fresh. He I'm had his surgery. At- he had his surgery. I guess it was successful. He'll be in Colorado for three weeks. And uh, that's Hey, listen, I, like Riv said, the situation he was in down the stretch here for the trade and, and injury and wanting a certain surgery, as a player, you can understand why he wanted, one, to uh, change a venue, and two, to be able to control the surgery he's having. That does not change what has happened in the last five six years but for me as a player like those two are big things and and i wish him the best but i do think it is a much different team and a a more positive team uh going forward not a better team it's not a better team because we just traded away a top 10 15 player in the entire world but i'm going to tell you i would do it in a heartbeat again and again and again jack needed to be moved he needs a change. The, the, the organization needed to change. And I'm going to tell you, I'm super excited about a player that wants to play here. Okay. Alex Tuck wants to play here. He is, Sabres fans are going to be very pleased when they see this man flying around on the ice. Yeah, I look you know, forward to uh, Peyton uh, Krebs is, 
you know, he's he needs a little bit of time to season, just like all those other guys are. Oh, and in the people minors. don't want to hear that either. They just want this kid to step in and play right away and light it up so so make the deal look even better. No, 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 no. I love what they did. I love they put him down there. Yep. Hide him. Do it. Insulate right him. Don't expose him. Right. We got to wrap up because uh, you know Geo's got some some priorities. I I just I want one minute to say one more thing to you guys. Last week, we had a very impactful interview with uh, Brent Sopel, and the re the responses have been unbelievable. I mean, and that's honestly, in all my years doing this, that's the most proud I've ever been uh, behind a microphone and interviewing somebody with anybody or any subject. So so that's a tip of the cap to you guys, especially knowing my situation, how comfortable I was, how good I felt after that conversation. Uh, and I know Brent did as well, but I just want to say a quick story, Riv. I was telling Gio when you had to leave and get a new microphone, I stopped into a store. I don't want to say the store. I don't want to be specific, but I went up to the counter and a lady said to me, and I've seen her in the store before. And she always says that her husband listens to our show and listens to our show. And and then when we made the move, she said, oh, my husband's going to continue to listen and follow you guys. And, and I stopped in there and she just said to me randomly, this was on Friday. She said, you know, my husband said, I need to listen to your last episode. Is it, is it an episode? I said, yeah, it's an episode. We're a podcast now. She said, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't follow. But he said, was it about, she said, was it about um, alcohol or drug addiction? I said, yes, it was, you know, and I said, it was very, you know, hard discussion, but it's great interview if you have the time to go and listen to it the guy was is an inspiration she said well and there were people around she said well i'm i'm an aa and i was like i was like wow i said well congratulations for recognizing and taking the step and i said are you sober and she said no she said i'm battling with it and um i just said well listen i said go have a listen and listen to brent and i said just know that i failed multiple times before i was sober and so do many people and you're not alone and the battle is hard. And just the, wanted you to know that we're, we've, we've touched people. We've, we've done a good thing. So yeah. um, I appreciate you guys for that. So strong way to end this one. Great, great uh, episode today. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 and you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.